Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Sentner Geology Podcast, Episode 85, Planting Seeds. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well, that was a corny title. Um, wow, where'd that come from? Interesting. Yeah, spontaneous, baby. Planting seeds, it's spring. Oh, boy. Super corny. Well, let's try it anyway. Uh, I had a few thoughts uh sipping on my coffee this morning like ah yeah maybe it'd be good to go down the basement here and uh, try one of these and um, yeah I have a few ideas that I might want to share but (laughs) it's not till I started just a second ago that I I realized I didn't really have a title so that's my title I guess we'll stick with it what am I saying I'm saying that uh, it's the end of the spring no it's the end of the winter quarter here at CWU. Today's the last day. So I'm giving my last lecture today. And, you know, I've had this schedule of teaching at 10 a.m. every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, four lectures a week. That's pretty much a pretty set schedule that I have here at Central uh, from mid-September until mid-March. And here it is. It's mid-March. So it's really kind of a turn-the-page kind of a thing as far as my daily routine, my weekly routine, my um, interaction with uh, freshmen, you know, first-year students, people who are not geology people. So because of that, uh, I thought I would comment on wrapping the 101 up. I thought I would comment on what I did on Wednesday. That's really, I think, what I want to do. I visited with a couple of people in Wenatchee and planted some seeds. (laughs) And I've been planting seeds by email uh, with others as well. Okay, what is this guy talking about? Planting seeds. Here's what I mean. I think in the last episode, I mentioned that I am teaching less than normal. My teaching schedule will be more free. Nope, wrong way to say it. I'm not teaching that much in spring quarter, and therefore I will be off campus. I will be driving around more than usual. And there's a bunch of reasons for that, but let's just say that's the reality of it. And so I am connecting with people now and trying to set up opportunities. And depending on who you are, that might sound like, oh, oh, money-making, opportunities. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about, like, who can I meet out in the field? Who can I visit with by Melon, which is now the kind of software that I'm comfortable with uh, and, and just dawned on me recently? I can, I can have a conversation with somebody a long way away from the Pacific Northwest and still kind of um, learn from them and, and record it somehow. Who's doing research here in the area? Uh, Planting seeds. So the idea is that uh, I can record. I can learn in real time with an iPhone rolling. In other words, with a camera running. I can capture uh, all sorts of different people, all sorts of different experiences, and share them on my YouTube channel. And I'm kind of in a reflective mood at the moment. Maybe it feels like I'm always in a reflective mood. But I'm, I'm you know, again, when I, when I turn this page in mid-March, 
and I wrap up the winter quarter, and I start looking to spring, uh, spring. It's my favorite time of year for sure. And part of that excitement is I can get out. Okay, well, we all have that, I think, don't we? We all have a, a nice feeling of being able to go out and explore, and I want to see this place, and I want to see that place, and uh, I've always meant to uh, read this and then go out and see that. I mean, that's this is the time of year for that for sure. But instead of me doing it solo or with students, you know, I would usually do it with students. Like last spring was packed pretty tight with Geology 351 experiences, which I recorded. I think what I'm trying to say is that I'm going to be mostly solo this spring in my planning, solo in my thinking, solely in my reading. In other words, I'm not going to hold somebody's hand and read in unison. What the hell am I talking about? But I want to intersect with various guests. I guess we'll call them guests, experts, geologists. But not all geologists, I guess, and that, that's my point. Okay, so that's the flavor of this episode, kind of reporting on what I have in the works. Which seeds I have planted and when those vines might start growing. Good Lord, what am I saying this morning? Okay. So I never teach on Wednesdays. That's been my routine for the last five years or more, I think. And if the weather's nice, I guess even if it's not, I try to go somewhere. I have a car here at the university. I uh, grab the keys and I go. And a couple days ago, it's Friday morning right now, a couple days ago, Wednesday, I, uh, I met two people on Wednesday. First meeting was at a coffee place in Wenatchee. Is it called Pibus Market? I'm not sure. P-Y-B-U-S. I'll just call it Pibus Market. And the woman that I was going to meet, I didn't really know what she looked like, but these days most people have a sense of who I am, so I always just hope that they can pick me out in a crowd. And I'm a big dude, you know, so if I'm just standing there with my hands in my pockets, kind of looking lost, uh, somebody will eventually come up and go, oh, there you are. It's good to meet you. So I showed up on time uh, and uh, was walking around this market. And um, of course, a couple of people said, hey, there's the geology guy. And uh, it wasn't the woman that I was meeting. But they'd been watching since the pandemic. And there's, I have to say, there's kind of a nice feeling of re-emerging here. Um, today is also the last day of wearing masks uh, at my school. And here in the state of Washington, I, I, that's, that's true for most indoor places. Now, I'll be very interested. I don't, I don't have any sense of this, do you? You know, a mask mandate is lifted starting tomorrow, March 11th. No, starting tomorrow, March 12th, 2022. I have no idea how many people are still going to wear masks just out of, uh, you know, uh, uh, safety uh, routine. I, I don't have a sense of that at all, but I, I feel confident in the science. Okay, let not, let's not go there. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, you know, everybody's out. Feels like everybody's out. Not only is the weather improving, but people are kind of emerging from this two-year hibernation thing. I don't know if that if you have that sense at all where you are, but 
I'm starting to see it. And since I've been doing so much, <coughs> excuse me, since I've been to, doing so much with the YouTube stuff, it's it's a it's a I think the beginning of a bunch of interactions this spring where people have been watching and didn't really know anything about me or geology before that and saying, "Oh, you're the yeah, I we were watching you. I'm how's Bijou the cat and <laughs> the whole thing." Eventually, Diane showed up. She was a little bit late. Apologized that she'd lost track of time. She's retired. And when you're retired, you kind of Stop looking at the clock a lot. I understand. And so I met with a woman named Diane Grudy. And Diane, well, it was about an hour. And sometimes when I meet somebody who I want to learn geology from, I explain that, or I typically send them a link or two, and I say, you know, here's my style. I like to learn in real time, and if you don't mind, I'm going to just record you, and we'll... I'll be able to share this right away. Well, Diane's story is a little different. Number one, she wasn't interested in that. She didn't want to be on camera. She wanted to be a little bit more uh, formal in the sense that uh, if we're going to talk about this geology stuff, we, we want to make sure we know who the references are, uh, who gets the proper credit. Um, and in, in this case, the, the topic is gold. So there's there's a little bit of caution there as well. And I, uh, I learned about Diane because, I keep wanting to call her Diana, I'm sorry, it's Diane, Diane Grudy. <clears throat> Boy, why do I get this frog in my throat immediately as I start talking down here? I guess it's just the first thing in the morning. My bad, sorry about that. I should learn how to figure out how to get my throat warmed up um, when I do these. I typically do these early in the morning. So I learned about Diane um, last June, and I think I need to say it. I th I think I might I might lose a few of you here. I think I might from this point forward I might lose a few of you who listen to this radio series, these audio podcasts, because I I think I'm done. Thank you for your interest. And I'm not going to say anything controversial. I, I think I just, for the sake of simplicity, these episodes have become compliments to the videos. I've said that before, but I think what I want to say now is that I think I'm going to stop saying, it, you know, I know you don't listen, you don't watch the videos. I know you're too busy. I know you just listen to the radio stuff. I think I'm going to stop saying that because I'm realizing more and more that. All of the stuff I'm learning goes immediately to video. It's not like the old days. It's not like two plus years ago where I was doing all my homework by myself and then I, uh, you know, share some stuff by audio like I used to do that here. I'd have a radio episode where I would learn, t share all this new stuff that I was learning and then say that, yeah, oh, by the way, I'm going to, you know, give a public lecture on this, uh, you know, uh, nine months from now or something. Uh, my format has changed to the point where all the stuff that I'm learning goes immediately to video, is captured on video, and is on the YouTube channel. So I, I think I, you know, I think I might lose a couple of you because you might say, <clears throat> "You keep talking about the videos. I'm not going to watch the videos. I'm too busy." 
So would you knock it off and just go back to talking about geology? I hear that from a few people, not a lot, but a few. And I think what I'm saying is, I don't know, things might change at some point for me, but my modality lately, and certainly my modality this spring, I can say that confidently, this spring, summer, and fall, I'm going to be learning a lot of stuff. That's not changing. I love learning new stuff about geology. It makes me feel great that I'm pushing forward and learning new things and meeting new people along the way like Diane. But here with the radio episodes, I guess I'm saying that these are going to continue to be compliments to the videos, and I'm just going to be continually referring to videos, and uh, that's just going to be what we do here. Okay, so said that, hopefully that uh, you understand why I'm kind of pushing forward with just kind of assumptions that you've seen this video and that video. So last June, as I was wrapping up the Geology 351 class, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and we got into gold just a little bit, but not much, I did a video walking around Saddle Rock above Wenatchee, and it was just me. And as I was, you know, huffing and puffing and talking uh, into my microphone as I was hiking, I asked the YouTube audience, do you know anybody in the Wenatchee area who was involved in the gold mining in Wenatchee? There was an incredibly productive gold mining time not that long ago. Between the 1980s and the 1990s, they were pulling out incredible amounts of gold and silver essentially right there at Wenatchee, like right at the city limits, a place now known as Saddle Rock and known long ago as Two Bears before the white folks showed up. So I asked the audience, do you know anybody? Because I can't find anybody from that era, from the 1980s, that, that was involved in the gold. And it kind of makes sense. It's gold, you know. Everything's under lock and key. They're not going to share a whole bunch of stuff, etc. But it just, you know, I didn't even know about the gold until a few years ago. Okay, so I didn't hear much. I got a lot of emails from folks trying to help out, and they said, well, here's what I found online, and they all sent me the same three links, you know, and that's nice. But then there's a guy named Al from Wenatchee, maybe a month later. So now it's I don't know, late May. This is last year, May of 2021. And Al says, you ought to check out Tom Alexander, my buddy Tom Alexander. He worked at the mine, and I'll bet you he'd be interested. So I invited, I'd never met Tom. I said, can we meet at the base of Saddle Rock some morning? And we did. And I lined that up, and then uh, Ralph Dawes, who's a geology professor at Wenatchee Valley College, joined us. Jeff Tepper, University of Puget Sound, was in the area doing some work with some of his UPS students. So, as I'm discussing with you my modality, I'll stop using that word, but the way I operate lately, I met Tom Alexander in the parking lot at Saddle Rock, and within five minutes, we were all sitting around a picnic table, and I turned on my camera and mic'd up Tom, <coughs> and he just started sharing what he knew using a couple hand-drawn sketches as well. I probably did a, a radio episode talking about that. Well, here's my point. 
I did not only one, but two different episodes with Tom Alexander talking about Wenatchee Gold. Posted them immediately on YouTube. Lots of interest, lots of reaction. And about two weeks later, I got a very abrupt, no, I I got a Facebook message from Diane Grudy, who said, um, there was some inaccurate information there from Tom, and I also think that he could have been more careful to give credit uh, for all the information he was sharing. It was me and my associates who were his bosses, and we were the ones that created all that information, or or learned all that stuff and then put it in published form, um, I sure wish you would have come to me or something like that. So I immediately apologized to Diane and I said, I would love to visit with you and get you on camera. And she said, I'm not interested in the camera thing, but I want to make sure that you know what you're talking about and that you're getting more complete, accurate information and that you credit the appropriate people. So that was last June. And I've heard from Diane a little bit back and forth, and she sent me a few old documents and that sort of thing. But I met her for the first time Wednesday. That's my point. So I'm standing there in the Pibus coffee area, and then Diane finally shows up. And uh, we interact, and I treat her to a little coffee and a quiche, and we just have a nice chat. And as much as I wanted to get that iPhone out (laughs) and start filming, she didn't want that, and that's fine. So will I ever get Diane to trust me uh, and uh, will we ever get to some format where I can share what I've learned from her? I certainly hope so. She's interested in in particular uh, sharing what she learned uh, to the students at Central. And if that happens and I get her over to Central, because she lives just part-time in Wenatchee now, uh, if I can get her over to Central working with our our young students, particularly the, the women students, Uh, That's an interest of hers. She wants to continue to promote women in the sciences because she was an anomaly back in the 80s, being a woman boss of a bunch of men geologists, and that was a real set of issues there. I hope to get to that point at least with her, but I think you know me well enough that uh, I'm going to want to continue to try to build enough trust where we can capture her on video. I think that would be the most effective and powerful way to do that. So we'll see. But it was a nice hour and a half long conversation with Diane. I got the backstory on how she got to Wenatchee, uh, how she was in on the ground floor with the the first discoveries of incredible amounts of gold. And um, I'm just I'm just starting to learn from her. So planting seeds, right? That's the episode. I'm hoping to do more with Diane, and I just heard from her by email yesterday, and she had um, contact information for many of the other people related to the the gold uh, at the Cannon Mine uh, in Wenatchee uh, to follow through on. So we'll see how far I go there. In a way, I'm kind of putting pressure on myself to follow through with these leads just by sharing with you here this morning. So I wrapped up with Diane, and then it was approaching noon, and I had another appointment. Randy Lewis. 
again, I assume you've seen videos. So uh, there's, I don't know what there is, four or five videos now with me and Randy Lewis, Wenatchee Pascosa tribe. And it had been nine months since I had seen Randy. We filmed at uh, Stimmilt Spires uh, last July, very hot day. But uh, that was the most recent of our videos where I pretty much turned the camera on and Randy just does his thing. But we had managed to get access to those spires at Stemilt through some property owners. I think I probably had a radio episode talking about that as well. Sharon Seal was particularly helpful in getting access to that. You know, here's these most important um, sites for Native Americans that are inaccessible now. You know, just landowners snatch these pieces of land up and don't let anybody on, including uh, Native Americans typically. But through Sharon, who's uh, got some connections, we, we managed to make that happen. Well, particularly loyal viewers are aware that Randy, who is a treasure, and that's an understatement, uh, had a massive stroke in late September of 2021. And I only talked to him once on the phone to kind of hear his voice. Otherwise, it was just a lot of texting uh, to keep up with what's going on. And he's made some dramatic improvements, but I really didn't have a sense of how Randy was doing or how close he was to uh, matching his former glory. Uh, those that have seen those videos with Randy, you know how commanding he is, how his voice is so powerful, how his mannerisms, everything about him is just, it's straight out of a movie, this guy. And yet there's also a real... Um, intense uh, kind of brotherly or familial type uh, pattern that you develop. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that has that experience with Randy. But in my case, uh, visiting with him, having lunch with him Wednesday, it was just like seeing an old friend, somebody I'd known my whole life when I really haven't known him for more than a couple of years. I'm happy to report that he's been so careful with his rehab from his stroke, and it was a near-death experience. That's not being too dramatic about it. It was near death. But he, um, his effects of the stroke are almost gone. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of things that, uh, that are reminding him that he suffered a major stroke on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. But as far as his speech as far as his uh, mental capacity, uh, even him just walking in and out of the restaurant and getting to the car didn't seem a whole lot different to me. So he's made tremendous improvement in the last six months. Uh, so much so that we're hoping to do a new video, he and I, uh, in the Wenatchee area. I'll, I'll keep that location secret. I'm not sure when we're doing that, hopefully in the next week. So planting seeds with Randy and you know, more so than ever, uh, I think we are both motivated to do as much as possible. Now, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be 14 more Randy videos in the next two months, but 
there's a chance that I'll just keep coming back to that well. And we'll see how they go. If maybe maybe one of the episodes uh, he's really struggling uh, that day. It's a bad day for him verbally or physically or whatever. And we cut it short. I have no idea. But, um, you know, the, the premise before the stroke was we wanted to he, really, it's not me pushing it. He, he saw me as a way to uh, get his word, his stories, what he knows. Uh, he wants to get it recorded before he goes away. And I think he's in his mid-70s. So I think he was assuming he was going to be around for another decade and there'd be plenty more chances. Well, maybe we're a little bit more urgent than we were because of this scare <coughs> that Randy had last fall. So, a couple days ago, Wednesday, productive day, planted seeds with both Diane and Randy in the Wenatchee area, two very different people representing two very different worlds. But the, the ultimate hope is to showcase all sorts of people with all sorts of backgrounds, with all sorts of expertise, and how they intersect with the geology of the Pacific Northwest. That's the unifying theme of, of everything that I'm hoping to do. Uh, before I quit with you here today, uh, let me just give you a couple other uh, potential videos coming with other seeds that I've planted. Some of them coming right off of past videos that I've done in the last 12 months. For instance, Jerome Lessman up in British Columbia sounds like he's going to be doing some new field work with Sky Cooley, the classic dike guy from Montana. They're going to meet in the upper uh, the Okanagan area on the Washington side and do some mapping and some thinking about some of the Ice Age flood deposits up there and possibly push forward with uh, developing a narrative of some significant Ice Age floods coming down the Okanagan. Hoping to hook up with those guys in May. Sky Cooley also, he was so good on that Clastic Dyke video, and I think he's been watching a fair amount of what I've been doing since then and listening to these as well, these audience radio episodes. Um, I think Sky and I are going to try to get together and look at something called Calcretes, which I've ignored to this point, but he's got an interesting story that is coming out of many of the Calcretes that he's been studying in eastern Washington in particular. So there might be two, at least two different programs with Sky. Uh, Dan Coe is an amazing artist slash earth scientist who works for the Washington Geological Survey. I'm a huge fan of his and want to go over and visit him in his uh, audio, his, I guess it's just an office. I imagine an art studio, but I guess he's, it's just a computer desk. I don't know. Uh, but uh, want to showcase him, much like I did with uh, Chelsea Feeney, who was doing the beautiful maps for the roadside books. Uh, Dan Coe's on my list, uh, hopefully in April. Yeah, I'll do the pop-up events in April and May for sure. Yes, I'll do some Central Washington University geology videos. That's that's Those are two kind of themes that will happen throughout the spring. But the planting the seeds with these other folks, of course, takes a little bit of planning, takes a little bit of like your gardening. Oh, boy, and look at Daddy now. He's taking the the title and running with it. You know, I'm just kind of nurturing this little garden. <clears throat> I've got to water things. i got to keep these relationships going, especially if they're people that 
I've never met before. It's kind of risky, you know. You've never met somebody and you shove a camera in their face within three minutes of meeting them. You know, it's borderline uh, impolite. But if there's enough background given by email, if, there, if, if you send enough links of what you've done and they take the time to look a little bit of what you've done, in a weird way, it, it, uh, it softens things and frees the person up to kind of understand where I'm coming from. I think the vibe of much of what I do is pretty um, out there. In other words, uh, I, th- I think I come off as a, a rather pure person that I, I'm not looking to use them. I'm not looking to capitalize on them. I'm not, you know, it's a simple process with a simple intent. And, you know, I guess if, if I have some huge change of heart and I lose my job or something and suddenly I need money to to, to pay for uh, my, my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, I don't predict this happening. I hope this doesn't happen. But if, if that happened and suddenly I need money, uh, I like to think that I would be just as transparent with that. And I would say, look, I just lost my job. I need money. I'm going to I'm going to monetize these YouTube videos and I'm going to, you know, ask for your support and <laughs> I would be just as, as straightforward that way. So, let's hope that doesn't happen and I can be just as straightforward by saying, "Look, I don't need money. I just like doing this. That's it." And that allows me to interact with a lot of people without a sort of angle or pitch or it hopefully doesn't feel like I'm taking something from them and gaining personally. That's the ultimate goal. There's a gal in uh, Wenatch- in uh, Leavenworth who's doing some really interesting things with Instagram. I want to try to go out with her. We'll see if that happens. She has a very large audience. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be coy about that. Uh, there are a couple other things I can't remember at the moment. Let me let me pause for just a second. I should have wrote some of these down. There's a few other seeds that have been planted. Yeah, my buddy Carl Oquist is doing some stuff with rock glaciers north of town, going out with him, trying to capture that sometime in the next. It's all kind of, you know, the weather's still uh, volatile enough at the moment, and it's still cold enough. There was plenty of snow up at Blewett Pass when I drove over to Wenatchee on, on Wednesday. That I'm just going to wait another couple of weeks, I think, before much of this stuff, stuff uh, starts being uh, recorded. Um, Liz and I are going away for uh, spring break here next week. So I guess I'm just checking in to say that I've got things in the works. I'm hoping to learn an incredible amount from a variety of people. And because of this seed planting hoping that much of this starts to bloom in April and May. (laughs) Thank you, dear listener. Appreciate you checking in. Hope things are going well with you. Thank you. I love you. And goodbye.